Welcome to the Life Course podcast from the ESRC International Centre for Life Course Studies at UCL. In today's episode, can cultural activities protect us from frailty? Dr Nina Rogers from ICLS discusses research which indicates they do and what that might mean for an ageing society. Frailty is actually a condition that affects older adults and it's really caused by age-related decline in physiological reserves. What we find is that people who are frail have an increased risk of adverse health outcomes um, such as falls and disabilities, more likely to go into hospitals or care homes or even actually die prematurely. Um, Frail adults are actually also more vulnerable to relatively minor stresses such as things like urinary tract infections where they might have a disproportionate response. Um, So for example they may go from a state of being lucid to delirious or from being independent to dependent. Um, So these reactions are actually very strong. To give you an idea of the prevalence of frailty in the UK, approximately 10% of adults aged 65 and over could be classified as frail, and that goes up to 25 to 50% of adults who are aged 85 and over. And it's worth pointing out that frail older adults are actually the core users of health and social care accounting for approximately 50% of spending in this area and also 50% of hospital bed days um, annually. These are really important factors for individuals, communities and uh, society. It's important that we now think of cost-effective, accessible interventions that we can think of to reduce the incidence or and progression of frailty. Can you tell us a little bit about when it comes to frailty, when you're doing it in your research, how you go about measuring it, how you sort of get to grips with it, as it were? Absolutely. So there are a, a number of different ways that frailty can be measured. In, in our study, um, we use something called a frailty index, where we essentially count up what we call health deficits, and they can be symptoms or signs of diseases, and we essentially just count them up. And it's important to make sure that these deficits look at different physiological systems in the body, so this might be mobility, activities of daily living, hearing and eyesight, so you're essentially capturing lots of different physiological symptoms. symptoms. Our frailty score is essentially calculated by counting up the number of health deficits and dividing by the number that we consider. So, for example, somebody that's frail usually has around 25% or more deficits that we ask them about. What was it about frailty that, in this particular paper that you wanted to look at and, uh, and why? Well, we wanted to look at the association between cultural engagement, and in this case, this was things like going to the theatre, cinema, museums and art galleries, and to see whether they were associated with frailty incidents and development over time. And we were able to do this by looking at frailty over 10 years. The reason why we wanted to examine cultural engagement was because it actually combines a number of different protective factors such as reducing sedentary behaviour or increasing social um, connectiveness, uh, intellectual stimulation and relaxation. There's actually limited evidence looking at the association between cultural engagement and frailty, and certainly we're unaware of any studies that have looked at it in longitudinal capacity. 
on that note, you use the English uh, Longitudinal Study of Ageing to get your information. Tell us a bit about the information that's available in that study and how it can help you examine this question of whether cultural engagement could perhaps reduce that risk that you were talking about of, of people becoming frail. The English Longitudinal Study of Ageing is actually a panel study of adults aged 50 and over living in England and the study began in 2002. It's a really unique study because it captures many different aspects of life from people's health um, to their financial circumstances to their lifestyle and their social networks. And being able to measure these repeatedly over time is fantastic because we can examine the ageing process in a very dynamic way. So for our study, we took advantage of ELSA's rich data and repeated measures to examine frequency of cultural engagement and uh, frailty progression and incidence over time in 4,500 adults over the period of 10 years. And what were the key things to emerge when you looked at the incidence of frailty among people? Um, who did or, or did not engage in those different cultural and social activities that we were talking about? Firstly, what, what the study revealed was that 60% of older adults engaged in cultural activities only once or twice a year or less, so fairly infrequently. But approximately 40% of adults did engage every few months or more. And what we found was that there was a dose-response relationship between increasing frequency of cultural engagement and incident frailty, so adults becoming frail. As part of our analysis, we wanted to assess whether baseline frailty might have affected cultural engagement and predisposed people to becoming frail. So we actually restricted the sample by excluding participants who had the highest levels of baseline frailty, the top 10%, but we found that actually our results were unaffected. So you looked um, also at how their frailty progressed or developed. What were you able to, to see there? That's right. So the, the frailty score is actually a continuous score, which allows us to really assess the spectrum of frailty in individuals all the way from being fit to severely um, frail. And again, we found a dose-response relationship between the frequency of cultural engagement and the progression of frailty over time. And actually, our results were unaffected by adjusting for baseline frailty and also including non-frail and frail adults at baseline. And did these findings stay strong even when you took other things, such as their, their background and general health issues, into account? They did. So we adjusted for um, many important measures such as age and gender, educational qualifications and wealth, um, levels of physical activity, even organisational membership and the number of social engagements people had um, over the week. And we found that our results were unaffected. And does your research point to any reasons for these associations? Can you, can you explain them in any way? In fact, previous research has suggested that health benefits of cultural engagement could be due to the combined effects of things like reducing um, sedentary behaviour, um, reducing social isolation and stress, and allowing for things like um, cognitive stimulation and social networks. And we know, for example, that social isolation is a really important risk factor for frailty. For example, not having social connectiveness is almost as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, for example. But interestingly enough, when we adjusted for all these important states, we still found that there was a benefit of cultural engagement. And there's been recent research to show that there may be important key factors such as purpose and meaning meaning in life, hedonic experiences and emotional expression 
that may be important. So the messages from your research around the value of cultural activities for older people uh, in terms of perhaps preventing them from becoming frail or helping them from you know, not getting even more frail over time seem to be quite clear. So how, how would you articulate them? What would you say is sort of like the essential messages, if you like? I think there does appear to be great value in cultural engagement. We know that frailty leads to negative health consequences. So the idea that engagement with existing community cultural activities is protective is a really important one. Knowing that health interventions are often very costly and have to be large-scale implemented, the idea that we might be able to use existing venues um, to promote public health and, for example, especially frailty, are really important and potentially hold some strong support for health in older age. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life Course podcast, which is presented and produced by Chris Carrington. Cultural engagement is a risk-reducing factor for frailty incidence and progression in non-frail adults, is researched by Nina Rogers and Daisy Fancourt, and is published in the Journals of Gerontology.